Hey, good people, it's your girl Strength, and I'm back. It's March 5th on a Tuesday, and you know Tuesdays mean we have a special guest. But before we start anything, you know we always have to do our moment of gratitude before every episode. And so today, let's see, I am grateful for... Mm, I'm grateful for ingenuity. (laughs) Yeah, I'm grateful for ingenuity because that's exactly what it took for me to get this episode to you. Yeah, so (laughs) if the audio sounds like it is all over the place, you guys, I apologize, but that is because it was recorded all over the place. And so I make no bones about it. I do whatever I can to accommodate my guests. If they got to roll and make that money, I'm going to roll with them so that I can get this episode to you. So the content is solid, the message is solid. Don't worry about that. But um, I can't wait for you guys to hear it and give us your feedback and let us know what you think. We got some new sponsors this week, guys. So after you hear a word from them, you will be hearing this episode drop. But A lot of you were DMing us and you were emailing us and you were so concerned about the dead air that you're hearing in the episodes. Don't worry. If you hear it in this episode, you have an opportunity to help us fix that. And by sharing this episode with your friends, your family, and like-minded people that you think will enjoy this content will help us do that. Those spaces are pending sponsors that just want to make sure that you are actually enjoying yourself here before they get on the bandwagon. I know it's weird, but they are ready to write your girl a check and I'm here for it. So if you're on anchor.fm backslash poetic injustice podcast, go ahead and share it up. If you're on Spotify, go ahead and hit that share button as well, because we want to make sure that as many people get these messages and that they are absolutely enjoying themselves. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Are you a small startup black owned business and looking for free promotion? Yes, free, no strings attached. Well, Poetic Injustice Podcast is now offering that free commercial promotion. Please email us at poeticinjusticepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Mike Wallace. I am the owner and creator of Beatbase Cookie Studio. Um, I am a father. I am a husband. I am a firefighter, EMT. And I dabble as a musician as well. So I get bored very easily and I slide to different things in my life. So it's weird that I have this conversation because it literally could go anywhere. So how did you get into um, cooking? It's actually a funny story how I got into cooking. I got into cooking to survive because my mother is a horrible cook. Mm. And Shouts out to mom. <laughs> my grandmother lived down the street. And so in order to eat, it's something that I would like to eat. Um, I would go to her house and she always would pull me up to the stove and we would cook together and she taught me how to bake cakes and cook down home southern soul food and I kind of fell in love with it from there just because it was so many combinations and so many different things you could do I could spend a whole day in the kitchen and um, I felt like I could bring something to my home when I went back home, I would make things for my mother because I was came in a single parent. 
came up in a single parent household and um, mm. a lot of times she didn't have time to cook. Right. So she didn't put a lot of energy and effort into it. It was just whatever we had, she had to feed her son. So as I got older, I started taking over that responsibility for her and making food that I thought she, I would think that she would enjoy and things that I think she would like. And I would just put together weird things. And she'd be like, where'd you get that from? Like grandma taught me. And it just went from there. I just never stopped. So um, I always ask my guests three questions uh, before we like dive into the conversation. So the questions are, what did you create? Where were you when you created it? And tell us a little bit about it. Well, <laughs> my, my main creation I'm focusing on right now is cookies. And I know a lot of people have obviously said to me like cookies why cookies and one of the main things i love them is because it's a round shape or you can make it into a star any kind of shape that you want you can decorate it how you want to but i don't really care about that as much as i cared about the flavors uh you can basically take any combination that you can think of and it could always go into a cookie from very sweet to savory to spicy to mellow to aromatic there's no combination that you can't make into a cookie, even that belongs to other dishes. You can't, I made a mojito one day and I decided to figure out how to put the mojito into a cookie. So there's always something that you can do and you, you can never get bored with it. It's just endless opportunities and thought patterns that you can throw into it. And that's always been my thing is all my trades and all my activities have always been based out of creativity and combinations and layers and revelations and by revelation i mean you know things that just come out later on as far as flavors or even musical compositions anything like that it's always been dear to my heart and which is why i definitely was like i have to get him on here because it's not just about food as much as it is about the creative process that goes into it mm -hmm. um when the first cookie that i had was uh the lemon lavender cookie eat that joint like <laughs> it was so good i was like this is a a spa to my digestive system like it was i'm not even gassing you it was so good it was and it was just bougie enough <laughs> for me to be like this right here is black excellence like i love this yeah i, I love it and like you're saying with the lavender and the lemon the biggest part that made me love those types of cookies my well, i'll go ahead and give you a sample of what my four top sellers are right now it's the lemon lavender the green tea and ginger white chocolate chip, um, the oatmeal sea salted caramel, and the um, Bailey's white chocolate chip. Well, with the oatmeal, not the oatmeal, I'm sorry, with the lemon and the green tea, the biggest, I guess, draw to those cookies is that when you open the package, people sitting across from you or right outside of your door will smell it and it draws them in. Mm -hmm. And I've had people just open up cookies and be like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, what? They're like, I can smell what it's going to taste like. Yeah, because I didn't even order the lemon lavender. Tony did. And I was like, let me let me taste that. And then, like, took it out of his mouth, basically. But um, where were you when you, you know, where were you when you decided to, that this was the endeavor that you were going to jump into? This is a story my wife tells all the time because she loves it. She thinks it's hilarious. My wife owns her own business. I call her my sponsor because she pays for a lot of things <laughs> that I can't afford sometimes. Come on, sugar mama. And, um, she owns a, a, she's an esthetician. She owns a salon called Glass Wax. 
I see her all the time come home and she gets to be exactly who she is. And she doesn't have to change. She doesn't have to change her personality. She ha she has fun expressing herself through her work. She creates, you know, relationships with the people she works with. And she comes home in a good mood every day. And then I have a regular nine to five. And, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you have to put on your nine to five face right. or your nine to five personality. And you have to go be who is acceptable at that nine to five, you know, for however many hours you work, whether it be 12 hours, 24 hours, you have to be an acceptable person to that staff and the, you know, authority of that staff right. before you can go home and be yourself again. Right. Um, and you're not just a regular nine to five, like you're a whole firefighter yeah, out here. It's 24 hours. And don't get me wrong, I do love my job. I do passionately love my job. I love what it brings to the community. I love feeling like I've done something that was worthwhile. And I love, you know, connecting with people. But, there's also the stress of it just not being your own. Right. You know, and you're not being able to have the freedom without somebody dictating to you. Right. There's no creativity in fighting right. fires. You know, right. I, I, again, I do love you it. You better not get creative. Oh, fighting. no. <laughs> right. It's a great job. And I would encourage anybody who wants to look into it, especially younger men and women who are trying to find what they're going to do after college to, you know, try to find a volunteer department or, you know, um, get into an academy. It will give you a lot of guidance. But as I said earlier, myself, my creativity bug was just jumping inside of me. And I came home one day and I was like, you know what? I want to do something that expresses me. And my wife was like, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. And so I started writing out all the things that I do. I went through music and I had an extensive underground career as a producer in Atlanta. And I've done that before. Um, then I was like, okay, well, don't want to do that anymore. And I went to cooking and I was like, well, that's a... I don't feel like grilling chicken and cooking chicken and having to try to find a restaurant and all stuff right. like that. And I told her the next day, I was like, I think I'm going to make cookies. And she looked at me, she was like, all right, let's do it. And she was like, are you going to make it like in a restaurant or a truck? Or I was like, well, I think I'm going to try to get a food truck. And she was like, okay. And she asked me, she was like, so what kind of like milk chocolate chip or macadamia nut? I was like, no, I'm going to go a step further. And she was like, step further how? And I came up with a rosemary and peach cookie. Mm. And she was like, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> and I was like, just give me a second. So I went in the kitchen and 36 batches, well, three batches of cookies later, 36 cookies to be exact, I finally found a recipe and made 24 of them. And I gave them to her and she ate at least seven of them mm. like, in one sitting. And she was like, what else can you do? And I was like, that's all I needed to hear. So it threw me down a rabbit hole. And I said, I want to own myself. Mm -hmm. I want to have a place where I can do what I want to do, express everything that I am, and it not take away from feeding my family right. or anything like that. And I also encourage anybody, too, to realize that the job you're at now could fund your dreams that you have later. Definitely. So one of the things I love about my job is it gives me the ability to have that base of benefits. My daughter and my wife have insurance. You know, um, I have the funds to put into, you know, ingredients for these things. So I don't despise my job at all. I just, I just put it in the proper context exactly. to keep me in a progressive state. Exactly. But yeah, I was sitting on the couch and I came up with it. And three days later, I was off and running. But this actually says segues into what I wanted to talk about because, um, you know, your wife was saying, well, you know, you're going to make chocolate chip or you're going to make macadamia nut. And you were like, no, I'm going to take it a step further. And it's like, we have this mindset about just food in general. 
I know your backstory. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I know you're well-traveled. But what is the importance of having that as it relates to your creativity? Um, I like to draw from all experiences. I think that a lot of times we can get caught in not seeing past a foot past our nose. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not willful ignorance, but it puts you in a state where you can't properly, properly embrace everything that's around you. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like in order to appreciate your own culture, you have to learn about as many cultures as you possibly can mm-hmm. and find out where you fit into the fabric. And I found out a lot of times through just traveling or becoming friends with people of other cultures or, you know, even just tasting their food or listening to their music, I find how the influence of my people has permeated mm-hmm. the fabric of society in so many different areas. Yeah. And how that we're so much a lot of light, I mean, we're a lot of light and how those things also bring you right back to my roots. Right, right, right. It can be music, it can be food, it can be dance. Mm-hmm. You know, I just came from Mexico not too long ago and the dances there they were doing were based off of African dances. Right. And that they, they would tell you that this used to be an African dance. You know, salsa was an African love dance. A lot of people don't know that, you know, and it really is a lot of, a lot of Paul Mooney said his best, a lot of differences that we have with other cultures is just basically where the boat stopped. Right. You know, so to not just worry about, you know, fried chicken and collards and stuff like that, like that are stereotypical meals to us or, or things like that, but to actually go and experience somebody. And if you can't travel to that place or know anybody, you can sometimes just look it up or and, and find the recipes. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've found that a lot of people, you can tell you can tell a lot by a certain culture about how they eat mm-hmm. and whether they eat clean, you know, and everything's just vegetables and stuff like that, or whether they eat, you know, very spicy foods or whether they eat, you know, very mellow foods. A lot of times a people's persona is directly correlated to their food. Yeah. And so like we're we're known for soul food. Mm-hmm. You know, something that takes literally ingredients from nowhere mm-hmm. the worst of the worst and make a beautiful meal out of it right. you know and that says something about us other people um hispanic food a lot of times puerto rican foods and dishes like that some of them are a little spicy you know have a little kick to them and then you look at you know the persona of hispanic people they're very flamboyant people they're very you know have a lot of pizzazz things like that mm-hmm. and so and just, and just so forth and it was a way that you can travel to different dimensions just without leaving your kitchen you're taught that you know, you're the bottom. You don't contribute anything but trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, as then when you start researching and going to other cultures and you start seeing how people want to look like you or how your grandma's recipe, you know, is over here. It just maybe has a little more cayenne pepper in it, mm-hmm. you know, or has a little more bell pepper in it. And you start seeing how who you are has permeated so many different areas. Mm-hmm. And you find now that you're not the bottom, that you're influential. Right. And y'all stay tuned because we actually have another episode that is going to come out uh, within this month and it's about black influence. But let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Married to the Backslider, a pretty girl's testimony, a literary presentation presented by Erica Danielle, a book about love, marriage, patience and long suffering. Get your copy today on Amazon.com. We are back and we are in another location. I want to ask you, Mike, so how do you view food? And so food is a 
it's something to be experienced, you know, and it's, it's a journey. And um, I think that journey a lot of times can tell you a lot about a person, mm-hmm. you know, or about a, a certain set of people, you know, and, and what kind of journeys they like to take. You know, is it smooth and mellow or you know, say, is it kicking and spicy, you know, what I'm saying? or is it very, you know, aromatic and strong herbs and spices and things like that. And you can tell just by those flavors what where the, what kind of place they live in, you know, to have access to those ingredients, like you said. And, you know, even what that place probably smells like. Right. Know? So if you if you go into and and an Indian household, the first thing you probably smell is something that smells like their food. You go into mm-hmm. my household, you smell sugar and stuff like that, you know, and, and butter and, you know, and roasted nuts. And that tells you a lot about a person. Like before you even come in contact with the people, you can tell a lot by just sampling one of their dishes. There's a um, place in Raleigh and it's called the Swahili Cafe. And the store on the left of it was shut down. The store on the right of it was shut down. So immediately, my first thought was, it's not too long before this one, you know. And that may be the farthest thing from the truth, but that's how I felt. And when I stepped inside, the way it was laid out was so decadent. It was, it was like a high-end restaurant on the inside, and I ordered the curry goat because I've never had Swahili food before, mm-hmm. you know, or, or or food from that region of Africa that they portray. And so it was a it was a big thing for me to just try it you know and, and at the same time i felt good about contributing you know to to you know a black owned business right and it's it's a lot into it where you can it's that that again this 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 content is very or this subject is very circular because again like becoming more cultured or mm-hmm. it taking on different types of food shows you how we have permeated the fabric of the world mm-hmm. and how a lot of things bring us back home. So you'll go out somewhere and you'll eat something like, oh, this tastes like this type of food or this tastes like that type of food. Right. You know, or this non bread from India kinda, you know, is like tortillas in Mexico, which is like another type of bread that they make actually in Kenya. <laughs> you know, right, and so, right, right. And you start seeing that type of stuff and then it puts you in a place where it's like, okay, I understand where I'm at now. So you know, system down the street, you know, is now not just another person selling these, you know, barbecue plates. She's an originator. Exactly. You know, you know that the guy that sells Jamaican food is not just another, you know, diner. You know, he's sharing something from his culture that has gone all over the place. And you start noticing exactly. these things in a whole nother light. And it becomes this cultural, it, this cultural experience that's right in your city. Exactly. When we were slaves, they gave us whatever they didn't want to eat and we made something beautiful out of it right well now here it is they're just doing it to the masses they're taking crap and dressing it up and putting a clown on the bag and putting a toy in the bag and then we're giving it to our children so the slave food now has taken a step up and become culinary art Mm. and now here it is the stuff that we're feeding the masses is basically slave food it's replaced right so you're still eating slave food Mm. because you refuse to actually engage in an experience and that will enlighten your mind as well as treat your body as well as a thing about food, your palate, your tongue is created with like four to five different sections that have different receptions in the different receptors in the brain. Mm-hmm. And a good meal, that's one of the ways I make, one of the ways I make my cookies. I want every part of that of your tongue to be able to be just lit on fire 
or, or, or feel what it's designed to feel. You know, so that translates to the brain and you start having these these, these things firing off. And just like me, when I was younger, now I, I, I experienced each and every individual ingredient. It gave put me in a habit of not just having a, somebody dump a finished product in my hand. But starting from how I made my food, how watch my how my grandmother made food, it put me in a a a, a habitual mindset of creation, mm. of saying, "What are you giving me? How was it made? Where did it come from? What is the intention?" And that carried over from just food to travel to my relationships with people, to the goods that I consume, to everywhere, all from just watching the process of how food is made. Because now when people give you crap that you're just supposed to put in your face and chew it a swallow and be happy, you're like, wait a minute, what is this? I need to know more about it. You know, and then when some and you know the difference between somebody just giving you a processed, bland, you know, burger or whatever you want to call it, or whatever you're eating, you know, prepackaged food that you just give somebody. Now you've had something that actually has levels, notes, and takes you on a journey. It puts you in a higher brow mindset that now you won't take just crap and say, all right, well, this is what they got to give me. I'll just eat it and be happy. Now you're saying like, okay, I want to know more about this. And I promise you that once you get in the habit of it, even with your relationships, even with your, you know, your significant others that, you know, you come in contact with, you'll start seeing things in layers, experiences, and notes. I've given people, and kudos to you, but I've given people for free cookies to taste. And I, what's this? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's a, you know, my, okay, you just had the lime and basil. Oh, I don't eat that. Like, Girl, please. I mean, boy, please. I'm black. I'm black people don't eat stuff like that. And it's like, how dare you do that to yourself? I don't do that because, or I don't eat that, or I don't go there because I'm black is the farthest thing from the truth. Yeah. You know, I I even I told you earlier I'm a firefighter. You know, somebody told me one day I was like, Yeah, I don't know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? That that's that white part of you. So I don't I don't have not that I know of. I don't have any direct white descendants that I know of. I'm pretty sure there's some because we're all a melting pot. But right. you know, they make jokes on that how that's not black, but they don't know that my air pack that I wear every time I go to keep my life safe was based off the invention of a black man. Mm. You know? Um and, you know, people talk about NASCAR, you know, or, you know, that's a white thing or whatever. And, stuff like that. and I'm not saying you have to like these things, but they don't know that the first car was not did not come from Henry Ford. It came from the Patterson brothers, two brothers who were descendants of slaves that created the first car. Henry Ford paid them off, got the model and created the mass assembly that created more cars. Come at, on, at black point, you know, history facts. So it's like all these things like you have to realize that the very things that you could be shunning because you're black and you don't do that could be the very things that your people have created. It, it just, just to say, like, when you, it's the same mentality of, uh, I don't like him, he's too nerdy. Or I don't like her, she ain't, you know, her, her butt ain't big enough. Or, you know what I'm saying, she ain't thotty enough. Or she too uptight. Or, you know what I'm saying, he too quiet. Or he act too white. Or he act too this, whatever. It's the same mindset as when we walk around a grocery store. I'm like, I don't eat that. I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to put it in this cart because it's a dollar 25 cent and I'll, I'll figure something out about it. Right. You know, or I'll, you know, go to a restaurant and let's get something I've never had. Those choices have a domino effect on something that small to everything in your life where you'll mm -hmm. find yourself more well-rounded. You'll find yourself being able to even tolerate 
people. There's people in your life right now that you can't stand. And those people haven't done anything wrong. It's just who they are. are. Exactly. And you're not able to categorize them as being just who they are. You have some personal vendetta against them because you don't realize that some people are just not your type of people, you know, but you've already just found some offense against it. So just those choices to get outside of your circle sometimes and see things that you may like, you may not like. I had a girl tell me one day, and maybe this because it's getting kind of confusing, but maybe this will, will tell you, um, will clarify it. She was at the poetry show for Zion Promotions. And um, shout out to Lester, who was a big promoter of my product. I'm bringing him some cookies today. He asked me for a dozen today, so I have to have those made by six. But um, she had the lemon lavender, which is my number one seller. That's why you keep hearing it. She said, well, I don't really like cookies, but when I bit into it, it was a little, it 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 kind of, you know, was a little bit crispy on the outside. Then I bit and it became chewy, and it, then it's like this lemon flavor just kind of like just blew up in my mouth, and then it went away. And this other flavor came in. I guess that's the lavender, and she was like, and then when as I was chewing, it like disintegrated in my mouth, and I was left with like this lemony type, you know, atmosphere. And she's mm. like, and I didn't like it. Now my first instinct was you trying to send my cookies out disgusting <laughs> right but the cookie did exactly what i made it to do right so i was like thank you because even though it's not your cup of tea it's just what the cookie is but i am an artist and i'm sensitive about my <laughs> you know what <laughs> you know what like i was mad for a second but then i was like you know what it did exactly what i intended for it, it, it the cookie didn't fail in being what it's supposed to be mm -hmm. and I was able to separate that from just my feelings, you know, and all that comes from realizing that sometimes, you know, yeah, it might not be what you want or be what you like, but you still have to step outside and see if it is because you might find something amazing. And if it's not amazing, then just chalk it up to it just being what it is and realize that nothing's against you. It's just a bad, it was a bad experience without and keep moving and keep exploring. Me and my best friend, we came up with this idea of, of a YouTube channel that we're going to start called Poor Man's Kitchen. And it's based off of, we're going to have people send us pictures of what they have in the kitchen and we're going to make a recipe out of whatever they have. Mm. Well, I looked in the kitchen and I had a bag of pork runs, a can of salmon, and I looked in the refrigerator and there was a onion, a piece of garlic, <laughs> and um, a bell pepper that was probably going to go bad the next day. I took it out I smashed up the pork rinds as much as I can. They were spicy pork, oh, the, the barbecue, hot barbecue ones as well. I took the salmon out. I rolled the salmon in the pork rinds, chopped up the onion you know, and the, the garlic and the bell pepper, threw it in the pan with some olive oil, and we have fish croquettes. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So, like, just little stuff like that. That didn't cost, but maybe it didn't cost anything. It's just what we had left. Right. So, there's Google. You know, put your ingredients in and, and find out what's, what's there. And, Again, we're basing it off of food, but that kind of creativity and, and and willingness to survive off of what we have is what has gotten us to 2019 and has gotten us as a black people to be as successful as we are. Mm -hmm. And we can't let that die out now that we've gotten here mm -hmm. and we're just coasting off of the, what we the, were given and not what we create. When you start limiting your selections, even with something as small as food, it without even trying. Now, you may try it. You may not like it. And like I said, it doesn't cost a lot of money. 
So thank you guys for listening. And I really want to encourage you to go to our Instagram. It's at Poetic Injustice. That is the handle. We are only on Instagram right now. Um, Mike, please, please tell these people where <laughs> they can contact you, email you to place your orders if you have a website uh, on it. The website actually is working. I've gotten up here ever since I've started. It's been moving like this. I mean, really fast. And I'm only one person. So I'm going to try to keep up with all my social media. But I am on Facebook. Um, you just type in Beat Bakes. You'll see two cookies in the pro in the profile pic, and that's me. Instagram is coming soon. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, I can give it to Poetic Justice, and um, she'll be able to tag me into her Instagram. And email at beatbex at gmail.com if you want to discuss flavors or events or catering events, if you want something for your job or to give to your significant other. So on that note, guys, I think this is a good place to end the podcast today. Um, Mike, how you feeling? I feel great. I think um, it was a very good conversation. And I enjoyed everything that we talked about. And I think it was lots of that need to be heard. And it also helped me, too. I was able to get a lot of thought patterns out that I could actually make moves on. Yeah, me too. I think, it was, I think this is a very important conversation to have. And I'm glad I had it with you because... I, I feel like you were the right fit for this conversation uh, when I when it came to me when you were telling me about Beat Bakes I'm like oh I know exactly what I want to talk about <laughs> alright so there you have it our episode for Tuesday March 5th I hope you enjoyed it again please follow us on Instagram at Poetic and Justice Podcast if you like this episode go ahead and share it on Spotify go ahead and share it on anchor.fm backslash poetic injustice podcast so that you and your friends can go ahead and discuss it leave your comments on instagram let's go ahead and get a discussion rolling but more importantly i want to leave you on this if you are startup small black owned business and you need free promotion please dm us please email us at poetic podcast at gmail.com so that we can go ahead and get some commercials commercials rolling for you at no cost there are no strings attached we are here to edify help promote and motivate again i wanted to let you all know all 2019 see it say it and secure it peace kindred are you a small startup black owned business and looking for free promotion yes free no strings attached well poetic injustice podcast is now offering that free commercial promotion please email us at poetic injustice podcast at gmail.com